This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Wednesday, October 11th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Those of you expecting to see the handsome face of Dave Biddle, I apologize for that. We switched days. Dave has some family business to attend to this morning. I will be joined in just a minute by the lovely and talented Patrick Murphy. Some interesting stuff going on with the team. Ryan Day met with the media yesterday, and we will put that all in perspective. But first... We are brought to you today by Manscaped. It's taken a step up from Halloween to make your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. No need to toil and trouble this season. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you a smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using code BUCKNUTS for 20% off free shipping. Oh, excuse me, 20% off plus free shipping. And you can see that, by the way, in the bottom scroll. This cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. No more drawers full of extra add-ons on collecting cobwebs. Your Halloween costumes may take effort, but beer grooming doesn't need to. You get 20 different beard lengths and just one guard. Or you can make yourself nice and clean. I told you guys this yesterday and the day before. I gave this to my 16-year-old son, and he now is willing to shave, whereas 16-year-olds don't wear that cheesy mustache and kind of looks gross. So he's doing well. Get 20% off free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code BUCKNUTS for a look as sweet as candy. Get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. Speaking of a Manscaped handyman, here we have Patrick Murphy. Pat, thanks for getting up early with us today. I have not uh, used the Manscaped here, but I need to soon. I do have it, though. I do have it, and I love it. The razor is, uh, like I was told the people here, I gave it to my son. It's not the old school razor when I was growing up that was electric and literally felt like some kind of medieval torture as it yanked. 
literally yanked each hair from your face. But I digress. Who did not digress yesterday? Ryan Day. Um, I thought it was a very interesting press conference in that I don't think he diced many words. Um, there are some press conferences we go to that are not as revelatory, or I don't think he's necessarily uh, as on point, but I do sense Ryan has gotten a little more of a hard edge now that he's kind of settled into the job and has taken all the punches and is wearing down the public's chin with his fist or fist with his chin. Mr. B used to say that all the time. Um, Two big things I got out of it. Injury updates. And this is your offensive line. Please expand for us. Yeah. So injury updates. Sounds like Travion Henderson should be back this weekend. And we kind of knew this from what Ryan Day said after the game. This was just kind of precautionary given how he'd gone through injuries last year that obviously lingered throughout the season. Um, Weird situation with Travion just because of the way he came out and warmed up. And we were all kind of like, is he out? And I talked to somebody on the side that they're like, yeah, he's out for today. We'll see how it goes. And then Ryan confirmed that afterwards. I posted that on the front row right before the game. Um, And then Emeka Sounds like it might be a little bit longer, but Ryan said nothing long-term. Dave and I, in in our instant reaction yesterday, Dave thought he would probably miss this game, maybe the Penn State game. I I would not be surprised just kind of getting to know Emeka. If he can play, he will. It would not surprise me if he tried to fight through something. Um, He did it last year over kind of the whole second half of the season, but I could see them definitely, again, caution, uh, holding him out for this game. You should be able to beat Purdue with the wide receiver depth that you have there and um, you know, making sure he's, he's closer to 100% for Penn State. So those guys should be back here soon, if not immediately. I'm going to speculate and play doctor on uh, podcast here. Based on what I saw from Emeka's injury and then what they said, I think he has a shin bruise of some sort, some kind of lower leg contusion when they say not long term that leads to me to believe nothing's torn it's not a ligament it's not a muscle it looked to me like he got smashed in the shin yeah the way he was able to walk it off and kind of like kick it out that's painful but it's not the same I mean, long term ligament damage and stuff like that you got to see how it how it heals and there's a bunch of other decisions to go into that but the return of Travion Henderson let's talk about that a little bit um it was one thing for him to come out but the idea of it being after a buy and the fact that he has suffered from kind of goofy kind of injuries in terms of when they pop up and, and how they get announced to us. I mean, last year was one of the weirdest running back rotations in and out deals I've ever seen covering a team. I mean, made, there was no rhyme or reason to it. Are you concerned about the running back situation in that it seems like Everyone has some strengths, but without Trey in there, they they don't seem to have like either it's the home run hitting ability or the defense doesn't respect it as much. I'm not really sure which. Yeah, you said it right there the same way I would have. Home run hitting ability, that that big play just isn't there. And, you know, I've been <clears throat> throughout the season leaning more and more towards I think we need to see more chip train him just because of the what he can do on short yardage. And, and Mayan Williams, I think, can too, but it's clear that he's been passed by. But you saw a lot of short runs from, from Chip on Saturday. You just didn't have the big runs, and that contributed to 62 total rushing yards in the game, the, the longest they've had or the fewest they've had in a win in 20 years. Now, 
Granted, if you take out Kyle McCord's negative 20 rushing yards because of sacks, that number is a bit better, but it's still not good. Um, so, look, I, I'm going to bring up Travion Henderson a little bit later, but the fact that he can just bust out a 61-yard run against Notre Dame to start the second half and all of a sudden you're you're winning that game by more is, is what you get with Trey. And you certainly miss that against Maryland. They had to go with more of the passing attack, get Marvin more involved with that down downfield stuff and you know it ended up working but I think against other teams you want to make sure you've got as close to a full complement you can get and one quick thing on a mecca I forgot to mention after the game after they sing Carmen Ohio they all walk up the tunnel and, and we kind of follow them up to go to the post game room I was walking right behind him and one of his teammates came over put his arm around him he's like you good and he was like I'll be good I'll be good so you know, he, yeah. he was limping a little bit, but I think you're right. I think it, it probably is some sort of bruise or something that's painful. Maybe if he twisted the knee a little bit, but they let him stay out there. They let him keep his helmet, and he was telling teammates he was going to be all right. I think we have a pretty good sense of uh, the running back rotation behind Trey right now. Yeah. What are your expectations for Emeka uh, in terms of who will play behind him, how they'll they'll break it out? You know, we've talked about how to help the offensive line and how to help the offense, and I've said this is going to become my theme now. I think they could stand to get a little more explosiveness out of one of the receivers. Um, They've recruited so well that um, Ikbuka, Julian Fleming, and Marvin Harrison are all almost in the number one receiver mold in that they are bigger, stronger guys, but they maybe aren't the – you know, the Paris Campbell, the slot guy, the KJ Hills of the world that we've used to work the middle of the field and stuff. I almost think if we had a little slot guy in there, I don't know how you get the minutes in there. But now that Emeka's out, I'm curious to see what they will do at receiver. I'm not sure that slot guy even exists on the roster. Um, that's because they're recruiting so well. They're getting all these number one receiver types. They haven't taken like your the kid that's at the from the branch, who's the freshman at um, USC, kind of like your 5'9", 165-pound scat back type. Your thoughts on what they do at receiver with the Mecca out? Yeah, the, the mold has certainly changed for all of the Ohio State receivers, right? Um, you know, they, they I think you summed it up pretty well there. They've, they've landed so many good ones, so many like stereotypical ones that there isn't that number three guy in the slot, but right. they figured it out all right. Um, if we base it on Saturday after Emeka left the game, Xavier Johnson, I think, was the guy who played probably all the snaps. I'd have to go back and look um, in that in Emeka's position. Now, Julian Fleming did some of that motion stuff that they've done where they bring him around so the guy's moving at the snap. Xavier Johnson did that. He got called for the penalty, uh, whether it was a penalty or not, on, on that first Marvin Harrison touchdown. So I would imagine we'd see more Xavier Johnson, but I think it's also an opportunity for Carnell Tate. Um, You know, if you're going to go a whole game without a Mecca, they don't seem to want to throw Xavier Johnson in on a ton of plays. He's played a handful maybe this year, meaningful ones. It looks like 51 snaps all season, which is behind Carnell Tate. So it would not surprise me if they kind of mix those guys in. Um, You could see some Jaden Ballard, I guess, as well, though. That ship may have sailed. He was in again uh, against Maryland late, didn't play until they were, had all the backups in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it would be some combination of, of maybe Xavier Johnson and Carnell Tate, maybe a rotation there at that position. You could also, I guess, get Brandon Innes just because he is a future guy who's going to play in the slot. But I don't know if they're ready to 
to throw him in for meaningful snaps yet. He's still not even playing very much, um, even even late, only seven snaps all season. So, uh, yeah, that would be my guess is a combination of those two, Xavier Johnson and, and Carnell Tate. And Xavier Johnson, to me, is one of those guys where – he, I don't know if he's got a horseshoe lodge somewhere or something, but he makes plays, man. Oh, yeah. You know, like uh, he's elusive and he's versatile. I get that they want to use him in the Swiss Army knife kind of. Uh, if anything goes wrong, we have Xavier to kind of putty it over. But um, and maybe that that's the reason they don't want to put him into a, a more of a full time slot, you know, to back up in Mecca. But I'd be interested to see what Brandon Ennis can do. I mean, people, I don't people remember this. Brandon was not an early arrival. Right. with the other guys. So he may be a, a step behind there. I do think long-term that's his spot. So um, I wouldn't be against getting him in there. I do think you're going to see a lot of Carnell Tate. Um, I think there's a good chance this could be his breakout game just because look, if you were coming to play against Ohio state right now, how many people would you have covering Marvin Harrison? Four. At least I know that sounds ridiculous. Three. I don't know. Definitely two on every snap. Um, it's like I said yesterday, I think there was some reticence to going to him as much as we did, just because it makes us seem one dimensional. But by the same token, when you have Shaq on your team, you got to get him the ball. Right. People don't remember this. He's not coming back. People. Says, this is not something you can put on any kind of layaway plan. You might as well use him while he's here. And, uh, he's open on every play. It looks like to me. And when he's not, I would still probably throw it there. All right, we're going to take another break here so I can read another ad because I know people love ads. And um, this one actually is important because it's about therapy and that's very important to you. We are in a time where I assume many people are having to gather some sense from the world. But um, just want to let you guys know, this show is brought to you by betterhelp.com. Give BetterHelp a try and get on your way to being your best self. Um, like I said, this is a time of major unstable crap going on in the world and is sometimes hard to watch television or take that stuff in. And if you need someone to talk to, um, this is the place to do it. Um, if you've benefited from therapy, um, pass it pass it on. Whether or not you've been affected personally, you know it's an effective way and there are broader benefits um, for everyone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists for any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BuckDust today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bucknuts. All right. Some positivity here. I think I know the answer to this, so I actually asked you to prepare two. We're going to give out an MVP award to this point in the season on offense and defense. Let's start with the low-hanging fruit. Your MVP for the offense is? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Marv. You mentioned it earlier <laughs> on Saturday. They just you know, had to feed him um, because of what he can do. I mean, you know, he leads the team, 25 catches, 499 yards, four touchdowns. He's doing this on a bum ankle. He was asked, uh, I think it was two weeks ago or after, yeah, when we came back from the, the bye week, if he'd even thought about, you know, 
his future here. There's obviously a lot of money waiting on him. If he thought about, you know, maybe taking it easy with this ankle injury, a second straight year with the ankle injury, he said not at all. Look, he probably, I'm sure he did, right? But the guy wants to play through this, um, wants to continue to help his team. He's arguably the most dangerous offensive player in the country. I don't think he wins the Heisman Trophy, A, because he's a receiver, and B, because he had a couple games that, that weren't eye-popping statistically. But the best player on this offense, and you saw on Saturday, when they need something, they go to him. He's their most important guy. Um, since you you asked me to prepare to, I will also – I'm going to go back to Trey um, for the for kind of 1B. And, again, I point to Saturday. You, you don't have him out there. The offense looks different. And he is not the best running back in the country in terms of finding the hole and making guys miss. But when he gets out in space, and we've seen it multiple times throughout his career, and he's healthy, I think that's a big factor too. He is – he's so dangerous. And, again, mm. it just gives the offense another, another threat – um, that the other running backs just don't do. Maybe Evan Pryor down the road, you'll see something similar from him. But there was a reason Travion was the best back in the country. I don't think he needs to get 25, 30 carries a game like some running backs do, but that's okay. You've got other guys. He can make that big play that they lacked on Saturday. And I think you noticed, if you watched the game, they, they needed somebody out of the backfield to do something. And, and the other guys just couldn't do it on a consistent basis. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think I said this earlier in the show, though, but it's imagine if you were, you're, you're Purdue and you're going against a healthy Ohio State team. The first guy you're worried about is Marvin. The second guy you're worried about is Trey. It's pretty yeah. obvious. So I agree with that. And look, he's not your classic. Uh, he's not like J.K. Dobbins or even Trey Sermon and their ability to run with between the tackles and um, break tackles. But if you watch him, if you give him a crease, he may be one of the most dangerous players in the country. I mean, it's impressive. He's got that's real. When people we talked about like uh, Justin Hill in recruiting and how they say he runs a four three something, which I said that's rough. I hope he does. Trey is one of those guys who literally runs in the four threes. Like he's got a future in track if he doesn't, uh, you know, football doesn't work out for him, which I think it will. So agree with both of those. And obviously, Marv is the truth. There's no doubt about that. And I have no fear of his, uh, when to call it football character in terms of he's internally motivated. You know what I'm saying? This is not, um, he didn't grow up needing to, you know, I'm sure they had plenty of electronics in the, in the Harrison household. You know what I'm saying? So he's motivated by, by being great. 
And that's obvious. The attention to detail, everything you've heard about the guy's work ethic. They're going to name the jug's gun after him. So, you know, he's special. All right. I think this is obvious. MVP of the defense. So I I really debated between two guys. And it's interesting because, well, actually I debated between a handful of guys uh, but because the defense has played so well. And it's interesting. I'm going to go on the defensive line. And I was really torn between Tyleek Williams, who I think is easily the most improved player. I think Denzel Burke, you could make an argument too, but I think we've seen it from Denzel before as a freshman. So we knew if he's healthy, he could do this. But Tyleek Williams with what he's done, kind of being a game wrecker in the middle of that defensive line. But if we're talking most valuable player right now, guy who makes plays like we were just talking about on the offensive side, and I know his his numbers in terms of sacks and whatnot aren't great, but JT Tuomalau has made some very big plays for this team. And I think he's really starting to come on. He made that tackle for a loss and stopped that screen pass against Notre Dame, had a pretty good day against Maryland, four tackles, one and a half sacks. Uh, I think you're starting to see them figure out, okay, he doesn't need to be the best pass rusher. Maybe they don't have a guy like a Bosa brother or a Chase Young. So what can what can JT do that can just wreck games? And I think both of those guys can do it. I think JT just has the most ways to do it. You can drop him in coverage. We saw that against Penn State last year. He can stop the run. He's a very good run-stopping defensive end. He can just do a little bit of everything. And you know, I think there's a lot of guys that we could point to. But those were the two that stood out most to me in terms of if you took them off this defense, bring in the next guy, how good are you? And I think they make a big difference. There's been some really good ones on here um, in our in our chat. Uh, Josh Proctor's had a yeah the most surprising yes. contributor. Um, I'll go with Josh Proctor. I think you made a great point there. I think if the ship was going down and you had to grab one person, it would be JT. Just because it's very difficult to get someone to do that. But if you ask me who the best player on the defense has been so far, I'm going to go with Denzel Burke. Partially because we've gone games at a time and you're like, is Denzel out there? And the reason you don't remember is because, or don't notice because they have just decided to avoid him almost completely. I almost feel like the pass interference call surprised him when he got, you know, um, He's out there half asleep all day. And by the way, it wasn't interference. I would go over that. Not to mention when his ability, and I'm telling you this, this is going to come up, his ability to run with receivers deep, stay in their pocket and not interfere with them and get his header. How many times do you watch football for a team you follow now and the ball goes in the air and all you do is like, dude, just turn your head yep. so we don't get this freaking penalty. It's even worse in the NFL. Burke has that ability and skill set to run and get underneath you without getting the, I mean, he almost like that, that play he made in the end zone, he could have intercepted that ball. He was in such good position. I think he surprised himself, um, but he's been tremendous. And um, I don't know what the heck happened to him last year, but I can't remember a player at Ohio state who was that good as a freshman, not that good as a sophomore and is back to being this good again as a junior I will be really surprised if he is not picked in the top 20 this year. Um, he's put combine clips up there all over the place. You saw how physical he was the other day, managed to do that hit. Um, non-targeting style, thank you very much. Although everybody I know got the targeting thing in their stomach when that happened. God, I hate that rule. All right. 
We're going to ask a basketball question here because Pat also helps cover the basketball team with Steve Hellwagon, who is in Minneapolis, wherever that is. I guess it's in the Big Ten. Good gracious. Um, how do you think the reporters felt about that assignment for Big Ten basketball media days? Not good because uh, nobody is there. Here's what they did. I don't, my thought was maybe the Big Ten's, you know, uh, lunch bill or lunch expense wasn't high enough. And so they're like, we need a way to cut out half the attendees. Let's put it in Minnesota. Makes no sense. All right. The media predicted the fighting Chris Holtman's to finish seventh in the Big Ten. Now, thankfully, there are more than 10 teams in the Big Ten now, so they're not finished seventh out of 10. Uh, But good Lord, that is not an optimistic outlook, Patrick. No, it's not. Um, And I was a little surprised it was that low. Um, We all got to take part in it. But as I thought about it more, look, this is a team, a lot of people who don't follow it super closely and, and cover it and fans and whatnot probably aren't aware of too much given what happened last season. Yeah. People know they made that run in the big 10 tournament. Um, look, I don't know what this team's ceiling is, but I think they're going to be better than certainly better than what they were last year. And I think they have a really good opportunity to finish ahead of that. I think that that class that was freshman last year, going to be sophomores this year has a chance to take a really big step led by Bruce Thornton. Um, I think, whatever you get out of this freshman class is going to be a big bonus. And I do think there will be some, some pretty decent contributors, but I think last year just kind of set up the success down the road because you ended up having to play so many freshmen, you know, can Roddy Gale kind of use what he did in the big 10 tournament as a springboard to be a more consistent player this year. We talked to Felix Akpara at Ohio state's media day. He's put on a good amount of weight looks more like a college basketball player this year. Uh, so I like some of the transfers they brought in too, kind of under the radar guys, but guys that I think will contribute. So look, I don't think that this is probably a top three big 10 team, but I think they could certainly climb up from that seven spot that they're projected at and, and be maybe four, five, six, somewhere in there, um, cause some teams, some problems throughout the season. And look, as this team continues to grow throughout the year, you know, maybe they make a run at the end of the season where you're feeling like, oh, this is a dangerous team come March. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves in predicting that. But I do think just, OK, you're looking at it. It's the start of the se- or the preseason. This was a bad basketball team last year. They'll be better this year. We'll stick them at seven. And, and you know, I think yeah. that's probably how it played out more so than like really digging into what it is. I think this team probably finishes a little bit higher than that. Yeah, uh, when we went to, there was a fundraiser we attended uh, a little while back. Bruce Thornton is on the keto diet or something, man, because they clearly, I even asked him, I'm like, they're trying to slim you down, man. And uh, he's gone from fullback to tailback body. Um, And I think that will help him because they are going to, uh, they're going to be asking a lot of him for a sophomore. it's interesting. I think people kind of loved Thornton because he was good enough to be good and no one feared he was going to leave. That's our relationship we have with players now at Ohio State. Yes, absolutely. These guys come in as freshmen, step into a big goal and kick ass, and then they're gone. Um, you know, D'Angelo Russell and then uh, Conley, Malachi Branham, you know, those types of dudes who kind of, it's kind of a chasing your tail in terms of who's going to be the main guy and, and then they do it. So, It'll be interesting. We will uh, keep an eye on that. Now we're going to take some 
questions from the peanut gallery here. I'm going to shock you guys by saying it's more football than basketball. By that, I mean all football. All right, let's just address this. I am aware, Will Starr, that Dak is not him. People don't need to make these comments to me. Um, I am not disillusioned in any way um, by Dak. Here's my comment on the Cowboys. The Cowboys have won three Super Bowls. The Cowboys have won five Super Bowls as a franchise. Two with Roger Staubach, three with Troy Aikman. To win with the Cowboys, you need a legitimate, big-time franchise Hall of Fame quarterback. We don't have it. Um, and as I told everybody, I live in fear of the scroll. It says better help down here right now. But when I was knee-high to a grasshopper, you used to watch ESPN, and your breaking news would come across the scroll – and when it comes across and says Trayvon Diggs has blown his knee out at practice, you know your season's over. So I fear the scroll. It's not like Ohio State where they're like, who's the next five-star corner we have? Just a little bit younger. And I like that in the NFL, baby. They're screwed. And I, let's move on. And um, yes, I do also realize that people take joy in my sadness and that I will get more Cowboys comments. You should see the texts I get from my friends. You'd question whether they're actually really my friends. All right. Um, Trey Lance, good God. Oh, see, now I, <laughs> I done, I done started him up. I got to go back to the beginning here. Secondary looks good across the board. Burke, it allows us nickel. Yeah. Burke has, has, has done a good job. What do you think of the Jordan Hancock, uh, Sonny Styles rotation? Um, I actually looked at it on the field the other day and thought to myself, man, Sonny's not in there. They subbed him in and he made a tackle behind the line of scrimmage on the next play. So uh, I got the sense that Sonny and Jordan, it's like if they're going to run more, they want Sonny in there, pass more Jordan. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's definitely what it's been, which is a little surprising because of Sonny's versatility. We, we heard all offseason about how he's a guy who can do so many different things. You know, I forget who was the player, but somebody mentioned you know, he could play defensive line if you asked him to. Um, Jim Knowles actually addressed this a little bit when talking on Tuesday. He said that they, they made it a very concerted effort to focus Sonny on this nickel position, for lack of a better term. He has a few different names for it. Um, instead of asking him to do a lot of things as a young player, so I think right now, you know, because he's focused on being kind of the the run stopper in that nickel position. Now, he was in coverage a decent amount against Maryland, and I thought actually he was in good position despite giving up a couple catches. Um, you know, just receivers made plays. Same thing actually happened to Jordan Hancock on a shot down the field. But I think that, you know, they realize, okay, we've got a third corner here who we want to get in the game. What's the best way to do that? Well, let's not put too much on this young kid's plate. Let's bring him along. We'll get Jordan Hancock involved. As you mentioned earlier with Denzel Burke, he's going to be gone after next year. Jordan Hancock can move to outside corner again. Then Sonny probably diversifies his uh, his play at the safety. So I think they're just, you know, they don't want to put too much on him. And they have another guy who they think can play in that role pretty well too. Thoughts on this? You think they should be rotating guys even further? Yeah, I mean. Hold on a sec. I forgot that we're not on TV all for everybody. There's some pod listeners here. JVM1341. I don't understand why Sonny doesn't sub for steel chambers and coverage. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Again, that would be asking him to do a bit more. Um, they certainly need to figure out some things at linebacker because with the way they're playing, I wrote about this earlier this week, the way they're playing with 
more zone coverage, dropping, not blitzing as much, not being as aggressive. I think it's changed the way the linebackers have to play and affected them. You know, they're, they're not playing as well when they're asked to do some of that stuff, especially Steel Chambers. Um, but I think overall it's helping the defense, right? We're, they're not giving up the big plays. So they need to figure out a way to kind of blend what the linebacker's skill set is with what they want to do with this overall scheme. And if that means, you know, I maybe Sonny, I don't think they'll do that, but Cody Simon's a guy that, whose name keeps coming up. I know CJ Hicks gets asked about a lot. I asked about him yesterday and uh, Jim Knowles basically said there's just veteran guys in front of him and he's still coming along. I know people don't like to hear that answer. Um, he's certainly a guy who, who might be able to make some plays, but I think Cody Simon would probably be that guy if they were going to take Steel Chambers out. Yep. Sonny certainly could do it, but again, I just think they don't want to ask him to do too much. As remember, this should be a freshman. He, you know, he's exactly. played another year, but age-wise, experience-wise, um, in terms of what he's kind of gone through, he, he should be in his freshman season after enrolling a year early last year. He's a stud. Yeah, but you know. he, he's got to learn. I mean, it's it's a high level of football out there, and I realize our expectations for Sonny are only exacerbated when you watch him play at times because. Yes, he's only, I mean, if you add up the snaps, he's probably not in the top group. But if you ask yourself right now, three or four plays you remember from the defense this year, he's probably in a few of them. So he's a playmaker, man. Um, He will come along. That's the least of our worries. All right, we'll start. Thankfully, off the Cowboys, though, I did stir up a hornet's nest there, as the the Cowboys fans are wont to do. And believe it or not, some some Cowboy haters come in there. That's a shock. Um, Sound like major... Media personalities have entire shtick built off making fun of the Cowboys. <clears throat> Stephen A. Smith. Um, Dan, in your opinion, and this is really going to date you. I'm old, but this is really going to date Pat. I think Pat was in diapers for this. Dan, in your opinion, what's the biggest difference in this year's D-line and the 2002 National Championship D-line? Talent, coaching, scheme. I don't know if the dude who asked my guy Will Star knows. That was, I mean... You're drinking legally if you were born uh, during that game. So quite some time ago, uh, I do think that line was probably more talented. One thing I remember about those teams, they were just loaded with vets, man, across the board. Um, Will Smith, if you remember, played one of the better games any defensive lineman has ever played in history. Now his son is on the team, uh, redshirted. That should let you know that the question was a little dated when the best guy in the team you asked about, his son, is already on the team. Thankfully, you got old guys here. Um, and then I – just in general about the defensive line, much like we are spoiled now when it comes to quarterback, and it's not normal for three starters in a row to go to New York for the Heisman ceremony after their first season. It's not normal because it's happened one time ever in history, and it's here. Um, So when Kyle McCord steps into that, it's not sometimes going to be realistic. In this case, it's probably not for him to do that. Wide receiver, the same. Defensive line, man, we went on a run here, thank you to the Bosa's, of epic proportions. When when Chase Young gets paid after this season, and he's not going to make what we maybe thought when he was the second pick in the draft, but... The Boses and Chase Young are three of like the seven best defensive ends walking the earth. The idea that you could just fill someone in and be as good. I mean, Nick Bosa, we were cheated out of much of his senior year due to injury. 
God knows what it would have been like to have Chase and Nick for that whole season. That's one of the few things I actually wish I could have seen. Nick Bosa may be the best pass rusher on the planet. You're not going to just throw someone in there that's going to make a similar impact. Chase Young was as good a college player as you'll ever see. Um, Jack Sawyer and and JT have not been the edge pass rush guys we've wanted, but I think the expectations were probably too high. And then Pat told you about this. Schematically, they're not being asked to do what the other guys were. So that was a long answer. We'll take uh, last question, and I will give it to my man here. The Oracle. What are the politics or money for playing Steele and Tommy? I don't think it's either. It's political how Proctor sat for a year off of one play. You don't really believe that? Two linebackers had two bad games in a row. Keep in mind, I really don't think the staff would bench Proctor for one play if they thought he was the better option for them going forward. These coaches are not in the business of cutting off their nose to spite their face. I apologize for that. It's just true. Um, I get it that it seems political at times. I really don't think it is. Then again, it's Buck Nuts, and I'm the publisher, so who knows if I know anything. Let's turn it over to a dutiful journalist like Pat Murphy for the final answer of the day. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we have to remember these guys see these players in practice every day. Look, when Josh Proctor was repping with the ones, now this was last spring after he was benched uh, last season. I don't think any of us watching him in practice in the spring that were, were in attendance thought, oh, that guy's going to go out, win the starting job, and play the way he is. Uh, you know, there, there's been mention, and I don't want to, you know, speculate on it, but basically I think Josh needed to do some, some off-the-field maturing, figuring out how to be a college football player, those type of things based on some things that, that coaches have said. And I think he's finally found the right balance to everything. Um, and it's reflected in his play. And then, you know, maybe he had to go through something like that. And he's been through a lot. I mean, remember the broken leg too against Oregon. As for the linebackers, look, Tommy Eichenberg was an All-American last year. Steel Chambers was, I thought, a guy who, who should have been an All-Big Ten player. I don't believe he was named that. Um, yes, it's been two bad games in a row. I do think they need to figure out, like I said earlier, how to get these linebackers playing better within this different scheme. But, uh, you know, I, I – Look, if there's one thing Jim Knowles did really well last year, it's get the linebackers playing well. And then they brought in a guy like James Laurinaitis, who I respect a lot. So I imagine they'll figure this out. Uh, I don't know if you're going to need to change players for it. These guys are very talented. And, and we saw it last season. Uh, teams have also scouted them quite a bit, right? They're getting offensive linemen downfield, unlike what Ohio State's been doing in the run game, uh, to get those guys out of plays. Now, could they be better in some of the gaps and things like that? Yeah, could they take a little bit off Tommy's plate in terms of you know quarterback of the defense so he can focus on what he needs to do? That might be, but I don't know if you're going to go much beyond Cody Simon in terms of uh, rotation with them just because they are good players. Let's remember what they did last year. All right, last one, although I know everyone's been watching Joel Klatt because Joel Klatt has been big on the offensive lineman getting up to that second level, so everyone's listening to Joel. All right, we will finish with Frank Caron six. I got some negativity for posting a negative question. I'll post one here. I think everyone will approve of. It's just really a statement. Michigan chat rooms suck. They hate hearing the facts that they play a weak schedule. 
Look, I'm not one to take shots at Michigan and give them credit for getting the program to where it is. Their schedule to this point has been a friggin' joke. It's embarrassing. Um, that's all I'll say about that. It, it really, they, they got a very good team and they're going to be a tough matchup. They have not challenged themselves to this point. So we will see what the Knicks do to them. We appreciate Pat stopping by. Dave Biddle will be back tomorrow, thankfully, because I am running out of words for the week. Um, I think Steve Hellwagon will be the guest, but who knows? Could be uh, something interesting. Keep it locked into Bucknuts. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.